mentality rise and you know they're going with them to every ball there. This is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Good evening, everybody, and welcome once again into the KCLR studios here in Kilkenny for the Come On Kind podcast with myself, Martin Quilty, and my co-host as always, Anya Fahi. Anya, you're welcome again this evening. Thanks very much. We've had a busy weekend, lots to discuss uh, Quarterfinals coming up for senior and intermediate in the Glen Dimplex Championships. The under-16s was out and about and lots more to discuss as well. But we're going to dive right into what is going to be a fascinating quarterfinals on the 16th of July in FBD Semper Stadium in Thurles, where the teams of Limerick and Waterford will play in the first quarter final at quarter past three and Kilkenny will play Dublin at half past five. We'll get to Kilkenny in Dublin later on but I am delighted to be joined first time on the Come On Kind podcast by the Limerick manager John Lillis. John you're very welcome into the programme with us this evening. Thanks very much Mary. I'm delighted to be here. It is. Well, it's not my first time interviewing. This is the third time, but it's our first time on the podcast and it's great to be able to talk with yourselves. And I suppose it's a, a great occasion for yourselves down in Limerick as well. The Hurlers winning yesterday and you're going to be playing us now in an All-Iron final in a, a couple of weeks. But the day before, your own senior girls are going to have a big game themselves. It's a quarter-final against the Dacia women. You had a very good victory uh, over Antrim and especially as it was a long journey for yourselves, it was away up in... Uh, Corrigan Park and Antrim as well so tell us how the match went for you over the weekend um, The match itself was, was very tough and um, there was a lot on the line both teams going for the win we knew the winner got to the quarter final we started slow as usual but we pulled through in the second half we got a few scores so I think our experience showed just a little bit over Antrim did the fact, John, that you had probably the two of the toughest games to start an All-Ireland series in Galway first and then having to travel to Kilkenny as well, did that actually help you? Because it seemed to gain momentum for yourselves and the team in the remaining matches in the group. When we saw the championship, we saw Kilkenny in Galway and then we saw the other three teams. And we had hoped at the beginning that we'd get Kilkenny in Galway first so we could split the championship into two. And we knew we'd give a right crack at the other three. Uh, we were delighted with the way the fixtures went out. We got two very good games against the top two teams. We were happy with our performance. And then there was a lot of pressure on us then to get the results, which showed in a lot of the game. But we got over the line, which was brilliant. But the games against Kilkenny and Galway really set us up for the, the, the latter part of the championship. Yeah, I suppose there's a lot of teams in the same boat. I suppose Waterford could look at it the same way, having lost to Dublin um, in their opening game as well. And they certainly gained momentum a small little bit to get into the quarterfinals. So uh, it will be a local derby between yourselves. But on the match at the weekend, obviously it's a long trek from yourselves in Limerick up to Corrigan Park in Antrim. Uh, Tell us, did you go up the night before? um, And what was the logistics uh, around, obviously, a fixture like that? Um, And do you also think that because of a journey of that magnitude should it be played at a halfway venue? We went up on Friday night and um, we'd originally planned to go to Dunloy that's where the original venue was and um, we booked hotels around it then the match was moved to Belfast so there was a slight logistical change but look the change took the emphasis off the game it, it took the girls mind off it um, 
But in regards to halfway venue, look, I think the teams up the north have to travel a lot uh, most of the time. But I think if they deserve their home venue, uh, we are lucky that we're based down around the Cox, the Kilkenny's, the Waters. We never have to travel too far. But look, that's just the nature of it. We have to go up. We got lucky that we only had one trip up the north. We didn't have to go to down. So look, I, I'm, I, I think they deserve the opportunity to have home games as well. It'll promote Camogie up there as well. And it's great for them to get Limerick and the Galways and the Kenny's up to, up to Antrim. Yeah, it certainly is. Well, I suppose for the promotion of the sport up there as well. And the fact that Antrim and Down have cemented their place at a senior level as well for next year is probably testament to the work that was being done up in the, the north of Ireland as well because there's some fantastic teams up there. And we know we obviously played uh, Antrim and Down in the games and found it very tough actually to beat both of them in the end as well. But looking forward now to the 16th of July, as we said, it is going to be a quarter final for yourselves against Waterford. It's going to be Waterford's fifth uh, quarter final in a row they've never been to the semi-finals which is a long time since you were in the, the knockout stages yourselves yeah girls have played in one quarter final 2019 we played Chipperary in Temple Stadium as well and that day they only came up a little bit short it took us all our efforts for Chipperary to, to get over Limerick but look where we were at the start of the year uh, the losses we've had the players wise uh, matches we got stuck with Covid to be in an all quarter final is absolutely amazing for these bunch of girls. They're very, very young. A lot of them would not have experienced anything like their experience at the moment. They're learning so fast. Look, we're delighted to be in an all quarter final. We're going to prepare for it. We're going to give it one hell of a, a lash. But we have exceeded a lot of expectations of this group so far this year. They keep amazing me, which is great. So who knows what's going to happen in two weeks' time. Well, you never know. The It's to get to the quarterfinals first and then anything can happen once you are there. I suppose listen to a lot of media outlets as well and the couple that's in Waterford, uh, they probably have Waterford pegged as the overright favourites going into that. I suppose the fact that they have been in so many quarterfinals at the minute. But you certainly won't be phased by that. I know from the fact that you have a very young team coming up um, and talking to you after the Kilkenny game in Nolan Park today, you were very satisfied with the performance. So, I mean put that with the, the three wins then out of the group as well um, it certainly sets you up nicely for us uh, I don't think you'd be too afraid of Waterford going into the quarterfinal stage No we're not going to be afraid of them um, we played them recently enough in a challenge and it didn't go too good for us now to be fair but it, that's got our season back on track we've had three wins and the way we've won the three games we've come from behind um, in each of the three of them so that gives us confidence that we can last a game but if we start as slow as we did against Waterford, I think we could be in a bit more trouble than we were against Antrim and Down. But look, we're there. We're there on merit. I think this is the first time I can remember an All-Ireland series going down to the last round again and anybody could have qualified for a quarter final. Yeah, it's it's amazing, like the fact that you were actually bottom of the table, like for a long time, and probably staring down a a defeat again, and maybe looking into a relegation battle. So the fact that you actually qualified out of the group into third spot, like, is credit to yourselves and to that group of players in Limerick. Look, we lost seven games in a row between National League. We got relegated. We lost the tip in the Munster Championship. We lost the first two games of the um, the Championship. Then, but we regrouped. Look, we got in three of the probably the best coaches you could find in Limerick. Um, and I don't know how we managed to persuade the three boys to come in. But the difference that they have made to the group has been unbelievable. It's a brand new lease of life. The girls have bought into everything that the lads are asking them to do. 
and you can't ask for any more than that. No, it is great, and I hate dwelling on the past, John, but, I mean, when you look at it going back a couple of years ago, where Westmeath was after defeating ye in the first game, it was their first win after coming up from intermediate level as well, you know, and possibly to, you hear everything that was going on through the social media and in the media that was happening down in Limerick and maybe not being able to feed a team and girls walking away and that from where that has been to where this team has come like is unbelievable it's a huge transformation and that's credit to yourselves and the coaches down in Limerick for because anytime I ever meet you even after a defeat you're always bubbly you know you're always positive which is great and you can see that that is probably instilled into the team as well because the negativity seems to be gone out the door which is uh, proven very worthwhile for you yeah see look it's very easy to knock a group nobody sees what actually goes on and the effort and commitment they put in look, they, they knew that they hadn't been performing. It's easy for me just to kick them when they're down. But look, they're the most honest bunch of players I've come across. They're there every night in the gym. They're there every night at training early. They want to learn. They're asking questions. They want to improve. Especially against down when things were so bad. They could have thrown the ties out in the pram at half time and, and they could have packed it in. But they didn't. They went back to basics. No strong words were said. The girls knew that they didn't perform and they took control of it themselves. And for a very young group, that's unbelievable. Yeah, it certainly is. Well, we like to see the underdog doing well and we've always said it, that we like to see other teams coming up and performing as well in it. Um, I know that our own Paula Dowling here had tipped you to come out of the group as well, so she'll be very happy with that prediction uh, coming forward for us. I suppose I can't really let you go without uh, saying what's going to maybe happen between ourselves and Dublin in the other quarterfinal. How do you see that one going? Anything can happen in a quarterfinal. Dublin will be coming for the last few years. Look, they're technically hard to break down. But all the games we played this year, I still think Kilkenny are, are the sharpest team that we've played. The way we, they played against us in Nolan Park was the best I've seen Kilkenny now in a while. And it was very, very hard to kind of get to grips with what they were, what they're doing. They're changing things up every year, which is brilliant. I would still think Kilkenny are the team to beat. We played all the top four teams and I would rank Kilkenny as the team. Got no pressure on us, so John. No if you're if you're putting no, us on the top of it, um, I suppose the other good bit of news too is obviously there's a lot of good girls coming up as well, and your under 16s had a very good win over Clare uh, at the weekend, coming away with a five point victory. So everything is going well down in uh, Limerick at the minute, and it's all on the upward trend, and it's going in the right direction. And as you say, all roads will lead to FBD Sempa Stadium in Thurles on the 16th of July for that quarter final against our neighbours in the Dacia and we certainly wish you the very best of luck because we always like playing Limerick don't know why because it nearly brings out the best in everybody it's always a fantastic games. but listen congratulations to yourself and the team John on reaching the quarter final stages I know you put in an awful lot of work behind the scenes as well and you don't take the credit for it in fairness to you so well done on that and we look forward to having two good battles in Thurlis on the 16th looking forward man thanks very much and, and best of luck to Kilkenny against Dublin and Kilkenny and 
Limerick in the All-Ireland Final should be a, a good weekend for everybody concerned Well it should be and you never know after the, the quarterfinals we might be getting you back on the Monday to preview a semi-final against either Cork or Galway and hopefully we'll be there with you as well and that's going to be uh, some buzz to, to have two decent semi-finals in the Senior Championship but yeah we look forward to it Anyway John thanks a million for joining us here on Come On Kind I know you're a busy man this evening we'll let you get away and we'll talk to you on the 16th of July hopefully no problem Martin thanks very much perfect that was indeed John Lillis the manager of the senior team in Limerick as they prepare and get ready for their quarterfinal against Waterford and Anya you heard everything that John was saying there from the turmoil that was there many years ago with everything that was put out on social media that man must take great credit because he has done a tremendous job with Limerick we've seen him a couple of times we know what they're like I mean they nearly pipped us in the league quarterfinal last year so they have a very good up and coming team um, and to qualify out of the group where they were a couple of weeks ago like is a phenomenal achievement for him yeah, it certainly isn't. You know, I suppose from all the the negativity that went on with, that went on a couple of years ago in Limerick, you can see that they're after doing a massive U-turn. They've really built a squad and they've developed it through. And you know, it's taken a couple of years, and I suppose they really were going through a transition period. But like, they've just seemed to regroup. They have a really close knit there. And to be fair, and I'll be honest, I'll hold my hand up. I didn't expect them to come out of the the group stages at all. Um, but you know what? I think John is right there. The first two games that they had probably stood to. Them them a lot more than you know any of the other games they got two of the toughest games in their opening round against Galway and Kilkenny and they learned an awful lot from that experience I was just going to say they probably learned more than if exactly. they were to go out and beat Kilkenny and, Lim- or Kilkenny and Galway those mm-hmm. two fixtures yeah definitely and I think do you know what you can maybe look at the other side if they did have down or Offaly in the opening round would this would they have the same result would they have come out of the group you know I suppose it takes it takes some like you know if you're going to be caught I feel like in come championship you could be caught in the very early stages in the first game or two and I suppose for Limerick those two games came at the right time for them you know they started to get momentum going they were probably let's be realistic not expecting to beat Galway or Kilkenny but if they got a good performance and by all means they did get in good performances against them and then like literally the rest of the championship you know it tells its own tale they're after qualifying now for an All-Ireland quarter final as he said for the first time since 2019 and by God they have a serious serious chance of getting to an All-Ireland semi Final. They do, and the fact that the team is so young as well, yeah. they have nothing to fear. They can just go out and play and enjoy everything that's going. I suppose, obviously, the fact that uh, Limerick did qualify out of the group in our group two, um, that was down to the fact that they beat Antrim in Corrigan Park in Antrim. Uh, down had a very good win over Offaly to cement their senior status for next year as well. One eleven to thirteen points, and obviously the big one was between ourselves and Galway to determine who topped the group and they couldn't be separated in Athenroy either it was a humdinger mm-hmm. of a game the last couple of minutes was real championships like an All-Ireland battle in Kenny Park and Athenroy um, and it was great but first of all uh, down beating Offaly to cement their status good victory for them um, and the fact then that Kilkenny and Galway lived to fight another day and it was a, a draw in Athenroy so a good result there for I suppose both teams but as Brian Dowlin did mention earlier the dreaded score difference has stopped them from going straight through to the semi-final and Galway has cemented that spot but nevertheless they're going to look forward to a quarter-final now Yeah they certainly are I suppose just you know quickly on the down and Offaly game I suppose for both teams like you 
know, as you mentioned, it was vitally important that both teams get a result. And, you know, I think if you were to be fair and you're to go on performances, you know, down are probably the better team and definitely deserve to, to stay up senior. And you um, called it? Yeah, like, and I do think, to be honest with you, I think Offaly are really going to have to start, you know, they're going to have to start from scratch now all over again. I also wouldn't like to be coming up against the Offaly at intermediate level. You know, they've got, it's going to be a tough game between Offaly and Clare and neither of those teams really deserve to be down at intermediate level. And whichever team does go down, they're going to be serious, serious contenders in an intermediate championship next year. Well, I mean, uh, we were talking about Clare a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. with their exploits in Munster and yeah. running Cork to so well and, you know, to very little. I think it was a replay it went to the Munster Championship. Mm-hmm. We saw what they were like when we played them in the league game. Um you know, it was kind of a big fall from grace, like from where they were a, a couple of weeks ago to now having to put in everything to cement mm-hmm. their spot in the senior championship for next year. And that's not going to be an easy game because when you come up against Toffoli and their backs is to the wall, just like Limerick found out when it came to the league uh, relegation final as mm-hmm. well. Offaly is a danger like when they're they're really put under pressure they certainly are like and as you said like we've seen it as well and I suppose like looking at the Offaly team that Kilkenny played a couple of weeks ago in the last 15 minutes Offaly really went at Kilkenny and they, they did. did the exact same thing to them in the Leinster Championship the last 15 minutes you could probably say that Offaly definitely outplayed, outplayed Kilkenny and in a game like this for Offaly and Clare like you know it really is you know it's going to go down to the wire it's going to be like they have to throw everything in at it this is what their life depends on neither team are want to go want to go want are going to want to go back down to intermediate no. level you know like they have cemented themselves as senior status for the last couple of years and they're going to want to stay there so you know that in itself is going to be a serious serious match for both teams and and awfully certainly won't considering that the gradients have been brought out for the Leinster Championship and mm-hmm. senior club champions in Offaly yeah. is now taking part in the senior club championships uh, at Leinster level mm-hmm. they've been promoted I suppose for the want of a better world which yeah. is great for them so they really want to cement their spot but Clare is not going to want to go down to intermediate level either like they've been there for so many years yeah. I mean look at the, the games that they played against us in Nolan Park the yeah. year that they bet us as well mm-hmm. you know I mean and in Ennis only this it's year t- as well. yeah it's going to be tough on either one of them to get to, to relegate back to intermediate level yeah it certainly is and I suppose that kind of goes to show the standard that there is at senior level there as well okay I know we always talk about the same three teams the Corks the Galways and Kilkenny's they're a step above everyone else but the chasing pack as we as we call them there's really nothing between them now I know in some of the games you could say well sure there's you know there's teams being raking up massive scores but you know these games, you know, with the with the bottom five, six teams, they're really, really hard to call. Like, and you know, well, when is the last time that we saw a Camogie Championship go down to the last day? Never, and we've that been talking either about team this. could have yeah. got through in it. Yeah, like we've been talking about this the last couple of weeks. It's been crazy, but it's so good to see because previous years you could literally write, you could tell the tale before it's even Near after happening, yeah. and you could basically say who's going to be playing in the semi final and then who's going to be playing in the final. Like, and it's good to see that you know it's becoming more competitive. Okay, yeah, we still have the same three teams that are potentially in semi-finals and it's a toss up then for the other team yeah, and there's the, a small little bit of a yeah, gap there but, but like, it is narrowing it is narrow it certainly is and that's really really good to see and that's all down to the development that the that the teams are pushing in and you know you have to say it's good and it's you know it's getting exciting and you know you want that for Camogie we want people to be proud of our sport and you know we want people to enjoy our sport as well 
Well, you did predict the fact that Kilkenny might win. Uh, it was going to be tight though. Down was going to win and Antrim was going to beat Limerick. So one out of the three in Group 2 is not bad. But yeah, it certainly uh, bowls well for Down and Antrim to be keeping in the Senior Championship for next year. Obviously, in Group 1 then, uh, we had Cork, Tipperary, Clare, Waterford and Wexford and Dublin. Uh, Cork were almost uh, guaranteed to be there already, which they were. Um, and the chasing pack then of Waterford, Dublin and Tipperary was all in with a chance of doing it. I suppose the big shock for everybody was Tipperary not qualifying out of the group, even though they bet Cork in the game in Parky Reen, albeit by a single point and because yeah. of scoring difference uh, with Dublin and that draw against Dublin, they came back to haunt him. Yeah, I suppose, listen, they're probably the most unluckiest outfit in the championship at this stage. But, you know, in saying that, they did have a poor performance in the rest of the championship and it just goes to show you cannot afford to let the early game slip up. You cannot be, you cannot afford to make mistakes and unfortunately this is what's after happening to Tipperary and I suppose, you know, I would, be, I would have been a firm believer that Tipperary would most certainly come out of that group in first or second place but, you know, I do think, you know, they just weren't performing well. They were, got, they were caught too early on and they had just too much ground to make up. Now, don't get me wrong, it's an excellent result against Cork but just a small little bit too late for them unfortunately and you know your, your heart would go out to them. themselves. Yeah, oh absolutely. Like, you know, if they had produced performances previously and you know beating Cork then the last game, they'd have been topping the group. They'd have gone straight into a semi-final and they'd be home and hoes, happy out for the next four weeks, you know, deciding on what they're going to do and what the, everything that's going to go on. And you know, you would have to you would have to feel sorry for them, but on the other side they just didn't perform at the start of the championship campaign. And you know, the teams that did perform are after coming out in the group. You look at Washford, they learned their lesson from, you know, their last to uh, Dublin in the first round and they're after coming in in second place and Dublin who have just been performing so consistently I think since the Leinster Championship you know they've most certainly earned their position in all Ireland quarter final. Well, they certainly have. Obviously, Tipperary beating Cork one seventeen to one sixteen. Waterford against Clare was a humdinger of a battle. I think Waterford were up by five points at half time. Clare got it back to a solitary point in the second half, but Waterford's experience just pushed them on a small little bit. And I believe Beth Carton was outstanding with one six on the day as well, out of two twelve. Like that's phenomenal scoring. But Dublin knew that they had to go and they had to go to Wexford mm-hmm. and come away with a victory um, and they went on a goal fest and it obviously worked because the scoring difference was uh, 8 points different to Tipperary's and they beat Wexford 4-14 to 2-11 to qualify for a quarter final spot as they know which they will now be playing us yeah and you know to be fair like you know I was kind of keeping an eye on those results on Twitter while I was you know coming coming back from Mead but you could see that it was only in the last 15-10-15 minutes that Dublin really kind of took off and I suppose that's no great surprise we've seen what they did in the Leinster Championship they kind of took over as they well did. in the last couple of minutes too Um, so listen Dublin will be delighted with that it's a great result for them I think it's going to give them a great boost Um, you know it's a replay now of the Leinster final and you're really going to see what Dublin have learned throughout the Championship and it's going to be interesting to see how the, what, how the players adapt to it and what kind of a structure Dublin are going to have in place for Kilkenny because the two teams are all too familiar with each other now they've played each other in the Leinster in the Leinster final they've also probably played each other in a challenge match earlier on in the year so you know this is the third time that Kilkenny and Dublin are potentially going to be playing each other so you know I think it's going to be very very interesting to see what Dublin have actually learned from that game It certainly is I don't think it's going to be anything like no. Uh, the last day in the Leinster final in Port Leash. Obviously, um, as we said, we were playing uh, 
Dublin in the quarterfinal. That's going to be the second one at half past five. They are going to be televised live on RTE Sport, but we do want to get all of our supporters um, into Semper Stadium. We know it's the day before the big All-Ireland hurling final um, and, you know, tickets will be mm-hmm. at a premium for that. So anyone, don't get a ticket to the hurling final. Go and support the women because they're just as good and you will get much more entertainment, if not the same as what could be out of a hurling game and they are phenomenal. But obviously, Brian Dowling was in Athenroy and I caught up with Brian after the game to get his thoughts and to hear his thoughts on the upcoming quarterfinal with Dublin. Brian Dowling, not a disaster. What a fantastic second half he put in. Uh, draw not good enough to get us through straight to the semi-final, but the girls put in an epic battle here in Athenroy today. Yeah, look, I suppose it's the second time this year and it's scoring average come against us in the league. We're knocked out of the league from scoring average. So look, but thankfully today we're not knocked out of the championship. And look, if we can keep hurling like that and play like that, you know, we'll have some say in this championship. So look, a massive test now coming up against Dublin, but uh, in the quarterfinal, look, we wanted to get straight through. Galway wanted to get straight through. Unfortunately, we couldn't be separated today and we have to play quarterfinal but look we got on with it and uh, looking forward to that now The first half was a bit of a nip and tuck he got the goal early 1-3 to 2 points ahead they go down get a goal almost straight away and a bit of a purple patch then as well 19 minutes without a score that you were waiting for but he got the last 2 scores going in so that was a, a bit of a boost for yourselves Yeah like I think in fairness the, the wind was, was really really strong there you know and I was delighted with the start you know I said to the girls at half time we heard really well for 10 minutes went out and heard well for 5 minutes and scores for half time were, were crucial you know we didn't score for a while as you said but um, look Galway should have scored there in the second half for a while as well I think we got on top of them um, got two points ahead you know we turned around I think it was six points six points down to around two ahead and look obviously it's a pity we didn't get the, the victory you know but um, I've been saying it a long time you know these girls are just some character and uh, you know I suppose there's people writing them off and they're saying they're not good enough or we haven't you know that you know there's other girls that are gone from the panel but I keep saying to them look they're gone and it's a disappointment but you know to have these girls coming in you know, like I said to Tiffy coming off the pitch like you know that, that game there just stands like to her and Steffi playing her first proper game in the backs and things like that like you know and it's it's you know in fairness the experienced girls Claire Field and Marion Wells and East Gall you know just standing up tall there when it was really counted and um, look we can just be so proud of them now and just we just have to get on with it and get it looking forward to a quarter final The character of these girls is tremendous and never been taken into question or anything with them to put in a performance and Kenny Park here and Nathan Roy seems to be a, a bit of a lucky ground you've never lost here and I know it might uh, a draw it's not a win in the whole lot but it'll give you great confidence going into the quarterfinal now against Dublin yeah look I said to the girls in there we're still unbeaten this year you know um, you know, we didn't get, we didn't lose in the league we haven't lost in the championship yet so but look there's no point putting in performance like that and then going you know not doing it in the quarterfinal That's, we have to get our heads right for that now in the next couple of days so um, look I didn't know we didn't, we weren't beaten up here before I knew I was here in 2019 and we had a, a point or two victory so Look again, we came up to win, unfortunately we didn't, but um, you know, I'd just be very proud of their performance and the character that they showed. You know, I think Galway broke through there a few times second half and just uh, the tackling tackles that the girls put in was unbelievable. Like and you know, all year in fairness to them, the this is a special group, you know, there's a really special bond in there and look, whatever happens the rest of the year, these girls will go down and fighting and will will go to the last second of every single match, that's for sure. They certainly will. They always fight with their boots on. I mean the defence was superb, but we have to talk about the forwards as well. And especially you said you went two points ahead. That second goal 
goal that she got what vision from Denise Gall I mean we know what we can, she can do with frees and penalties but to spot Miriam in the corner of her right Miriam just blasted the ball into the net it was a goal of beauty Yeah I actually missed it to be honest I was uh, looking around I was waiting for Denise to tap over the bar and I was getting a bottle of water so when I look back I see Miriam had the ball in her hand I said, how the hell did she have that ball but look that's Denise we're encouraging that all the time you know if something's on that, you know trust yourself to do it it's not waiting for us to tell it and look Denise has the experience has the class to, to do that you know how many players will stand and you know it might be something you do in a training session but to do that in a pressure game you know it's absolutely ruined I literally said to Philly Larkin there on the sideline beside me we need a goal if you want to win this game and straight away Miriam popped up you know and a great finish you know and again great finish at the start and because Miriam is having a great year for us thank God and you know we just need to get more ball into her probably at times but uh, look great vision from Denise and you know you have to be brave in, in matches like this to, to try and get the victories You have a couple of weeks break now to the quarterfinals in Semple Stadium on the 16th of July injury updates how are we on the remaining players coming back are they going to be ready in time? Uh, yeah no one as far as you know no one picked up any injuries today thank God so Lee Daly should be back for the quarterfinal and that's it obviously Aoife and Kelly Ann won't be featuring for the year so um, we'll have Neve back for the next day and um, you know again we need, need everybody available as much as possible I know you're waiting to get to see the hurling match like us all one last question though it is Dublin now in the quarterfinals we know what happened in the Leinster Championship when we met him above in Port Leash in the Leinster final it's going to be a different kettle of fish the next day oh, yeah definitely look I think in fairness we got a couple of goals that day and the scoreline probably flattered us you know we're not we, we, we know that ourselves and look anyone Dublin obviously did well to get out of their group get into the quarterfinal very tough group you know and they're obviously a good team we know they're a good team um, so look we'll just have to get ourselves ready and uh, be ready for a battle in, in, in two weeks time yep exactly well thanks as always Brian best luck in the quarterfinal thanks Martin yeah, Brian Dowling there giving his insights and his thoughts on uh, last Saturday's game. And yeah, it was a thing of beauty to be watching it. And if the two teams could get you another All-Ireland final, I have no doubt it would be another classic on you because they always bring out the best in one another. Two things, I suppose, to come out of the the rest of the weekend as well is uh, one definite, um, and that is... Uh, Bill Milani has stepped down from the manager of Tipperary now there's also news coming out of uh, journalists and news uh, outlets in Wexford that Kevin Tatton has also uh, vacated the Wexford positions job as well now obviously that's not uh, verified or anything at the minute but there's certainly strong feelings that it's going to happen but I suppose uh, Bill Milani though I mean he's been there with Tipperary for a good few years mm-hmm. he, I suppose he's probably regretting the fact that they didn't get to play the league final in 2020 when they were going to be there in it um, and they had a very good year in 2021 <laughs> albeit they didn't make um, the All-Ireland final probably could have when they came up against Galway in the semi-final yeah. um, but what he's done for Tipperary Camogie like has been phenomenal I mean I know he's a gentleman as well because uh, I've met him I've refereed against him uh, with Tipperary as well but yeah what's your thoughts on Bill stepping down is it the right move? Do you know what I think he owes absolutely nothing to Tipperary Camogie um, I think he's put he's really after putting him in such a better place I think you're right I think 2019 was probably a massive sucker punch to him the fact that they didn't get to feature in, in a league final because who's to say like featuring in a game like that and you know potentially winning could have really spurred on Tipperary Camogie altogether and you know that's what like that's what happens in Camogie like if you get if you get one title under your belt you grow in this massive confidence it's all sports not just Camogie you grow in massive confidence and you're able to produce and you're able to move on you're able to get better and better and I think you know for him that was definitely probably you know something that he will be regretting that they never got to play I think you know um 
I, I, I don't know I think it possibly is the right time for him to step away I'm sure he's probably stepping away with knowing that with the fact that you know they didn't qualify for an All-Ireland final this year and I'm sure he's going to have a lot of regrets for that but I definitely think the one thing that he can be very very proud of is he most certainly put Tipperary Camogie back on the map there and you know I think everybody in Tipperary Camogie I think he'll be hugely missed Um, you I know so I, too, I had yeah. the privilege of you know coming up against him as a manager I won't say the privilege because he bet us in a, an intermediate <laughs> <laughs> league final beyond and bar but you know what you're dead right an absolute gent of a man couldn't come across nicer and you know you could really see that everything he was doing was for the love of the game and for the love of Tipperary Camogie he took on the two panels which is you know it's a massive undertaking for any manager to do and he developed both of them so so well um, and you know I think he's certainly going to be hugely missed and the very best luck to him in his future Yeah he certainly will I suppose if the, the Wexford management position does become uh, vacant I mean there are two interesting prospects for somebody to mm-hmm. win there because the talent coming out of both counties at the minute there's a lot of potential that's there to get to semi-finals get to quarter-finals yeah. and to bring a team into an All-Ireland final because let's be fair the three teams at the top are not going to be there forever um, it can't happen we've seen that all down through the years so I mean whoever is going to come into it the prospect of coming into a decent side is strong in those two counties yeah, and I think both counties are going to have to be um, very clever in their approach on who they're going to actually bring in as the management for both teams. You know, it can't be just the first lad who who puts his hand up, gets the job. I think they're going to have to go through a very, very critical, um, you know, um, panel to to decide. It, you know, it's it's a massive job for any team. It's like it's just the same as hurling. I, I don't I don't care what anyone thinks. Like you know, I you're listening to Don Logue last night, and they were going on about um, Kingston having retired from the Cork senior job, and he was saying it's the most most prestigious role in Cork is to be the manager of the Cork Senior Hurling Team. Which was nearly the most prestigious role in GAA yeah. which I thought was you know, a bit uh, I won't say the word online but it was very disrespectful to our Mr Cody who has yeah. been there and <laughs> who has won lots more than everybody else but I mean if he's going to be given out about the size of the grass and the height yeah. of the grass anyway we'll leave that there now. <laughs> That's another day but I do think but I do think it is for any for any intercounty management it is a very prestigious job to be getting and I think that you know it has has to be done it has to be done correct um, we need to be very careful of who any county and even that goes for Kilkenny as well like you know if it's the case that any of the inter-county managers were to, to fall down in Kilkenny it's very important that the right the right person in the is put in at the right time um, you know we want to continue developing our game in each county and as Wexford and Tipperary are going to want to do as well you know with everybody that comes in anybody that comes in new you want to be moving forward you don't want to be taking any steps backwards and I think that's going to be the main thing for both Tipperary and for Wexford and you we already know the wealth of experience that's in both counties you know ex-hurlers you know um, former Camogie players you know there's no there's no point in saying you couldn't have a, an ex-Camogie player and there as a manager because you know sometimes they might know they might know it a little bit easier than everybody else and, and I, I mean think let's be fair honestly I mean Anne was probably the, the mould that broke that because she was the, the past player that came in and took mm-hmm. over management um, and everything else around that area with Angela and Breed coming in as well but to my knowledge only one other person at the minute and that's Susan Erner with Offaly a current ex current manager yep. that's an ex-player has actually took the mantle of going into the job of management mm-hmm. and like refereeing as we said before we would love to see ex-players because who better to know the game than yeah. somebody who has played it like yourself and a couple more I mean you've been there you've been in the management role um, as well and yes while it does take an awful lot of work mm-hmm. the satisfaction out of doing so well 
and getting to an All-Ireland final potentially Mm -hmm. like overrides everything else when it comes to it. Yeah, it certainly does. And I think, you know, I suppose we go on so much about, you know, equality in sports and women's sports. And, you know, I do think it would be nice to see a lot more women kind of, you know, stepping up to the mantelpiece. Yeah, you're dead right. And Downey and Susan Erner. And it's great to see Trace Mars involved with the the Galway senior Camogie team as well. So, you know, I do think it would be better if, you know, more women got involved in it. And I think, you know, they can definitely take it in a right direction. You know, we don't, and I'm saying this laughing, so please don't anybody take offence. We don't always have to follow the role of a man and, you know, let him lead by example. You know, we're we're well able to stand in our own two shoes and lead the way ourselves. So it would be nice to see, you know, there's a, a mountain of gr- great Camogie players in Wexford and in Tipperary. Like, you know, I remember when I was younger, my dad's a, it's a, he's a massive tip man. And I suppose when I was younger, I would have followed Tipperary. I would have no choice. You know, I probably wouldn't have got fed if I didn't support Tipperary. And, you know, traitor. No, on that now, we remember, have left like, you in here. Oh, like I remember standing at the top of Fenner Hill, I think it was in 1992 All-Ireland after Tipperary beat Antrim and, you know, Fenner Hill right outside Erlingford. Of course, the tip lads were all going to be stopping at the top of the hill, you know, <laughs> making sure the Kilkenny boys knew all about it. But like, there is so, like, I remember going to matches and you're watching the likes of Kira Grogan, uh, Jovita Delaney, Deirdre Hughes, Noel Kennedy, all of these girls. And you have it down in Wexford as well. You've got the Ursa Jacobs, the Mary Lacey, the girls who, you know, I suppose have only retired in the last couple of years. But yeah, who's to Kate say that? Kelly. And Kate I know Kelly. Kate was there before with her brother yeah. as well the time. But you know, that. it would, like, I think it'd be really, really good to see. It'd be great to see a woman come on board and take over one of these teams. And, you know, it'd be really good for the sport, but it'd be really good for, for you know, women in general. Couldn't have put it any better myself if I tried. Coming along though, that's something that could have been a bit better uh, for us in particular was the intermediate grade as I can see her scrunching her nose as she knows we're coming down to the nitty gritty of a disappointing end to what had the potential to be uh, a decent enough season um, for the intermediates getting to the All-Ireland final last year. And not even qualifying now for the knockout stages in 2022 was a bit of a kick in the teeth. But nevertheless, it's uh, it comes down to the quarterfinal stages and the four teams that's in it is Derry will play Dublin at two o'clock this Saturday in uh, MW Hoyer O'More Park in Port Leash and that will be followed by the meeting of Kerry and Meath where's Paula Dowling when <laughs> you need her like to be boasting about Kerry um, and everything else but yeah look it's a, a good result for Kerry they qualified second in the group we obviously were in Athenry that they were playing Galway uh, and Galway had probably a, an easy victory over Kerry but still they managed to win three games out of the five that they played qualified second Galway topped the group uh, it was a 217 to 6 point victory for Kerry uh, Dublin uh, take the third spot um, ahead of Westmeath thanks to a 111 to 17 victory over Carlo and Leash and Westmeath obviously drew at 17 points apiece 114 to 211 which means that Galway topped the group Kerry and Dublin go into the quarterfinals and that leaves Leash then at the bottom of the table and that is in group one so in fairness you protected uh, Galway to beat Kerry you thought Carlo might just about shade Dublin and Westmeath to beat Leash so again one out of the three in that isn't too bad but for Kerry to actually finish second in that group uh, ahead of Dublin is a fantastic achievement and I know Paula Dowden was here she'd be raving about it Did Westmeath lose to Leash? Uh, it was a draw 
Do you want to match yeah. Um, oh yeah, she would. Like I think it's a great result for Kerry to uh, get into um, an all Ireland quarter final as well. And you know what? They'll be fancying their look against uh, Mead and that. Um, you know, I definitely think. And she predicted the three teams to come out. But... She did. Yeah. Who did? I was asking Lillian earlier on because she def she bet me in the senior. She got five out of the. She got four out of the six right. I only got three. Very upset over that. Okay, well, out of the groups, uh, Paula in Group One decided that Galway, Kerry, and Dublin was going to come out of it exactly in that order. Might I add? <laughs> I mean, okay. how that happened is beyond me. Uh, I mean, you had Dublin coming out of it, which was okay. You had Dublin in second uh, and Westmead. So I mean, two out of the three in Group One isn't too bad. Uh, when it came though to uh, Group Two. Cork topped the group uh, on 12 points um, there's a bit of a doubt about that but anyway that's what's uh, there at the minute Derry is in second place and Meath qualified as well so Cork Derry and Meath and nobody predicted the three uh, he had two you had Cork Derry and Kilkenny while Paula had Cork Kilkenny and Meath and for Meath to come from bottom of the table a bit like Limerick going back all them weeks ago and needing to get a victory against Kilkenny at the weekend and depending on other results and scored and difference by God did they go out and do that and you were up at the game in Rathmylan on Saturday yeah I was um, do you know what at half time I suppose like it was 1-4 to 7 points a piece at half time it was a draw match going in um, Kilkenny were very unlucky to concede that goal um, there was a shot taken Sinead Farr put off a wonderful save but the backs were just they were just slightly safe and of course Jane Dolan poaching like she always does in the right place at the right time and absolutely buried the ball in the back of the net If there's it someone was, you want there yeah, it's Jane exactly. Dolan Exactly You know it was just literally a lapse of concentration for a split second and that's all she needed there and you know I suppose that kind of started to drive me on um, you know Kilkenny probably started that a little bit better they seemed to be really sharp when they started off and Minogue got the first ball and she just took on her player straight away but you know unfortunately just couldn't convert but she worked really really hard all day I have to say though after the first 10 minutes Mead started to get to grips of the, the Kilkenny attack line and they knew that they had to do something Carly's Comfort I suppose kind of played as a third a third midfielder which gave Mead the opportunity to have a spare player and Sophia Payne at number two now she was no bigger than a sharp button but by God is she able to hurl she was absolutely phenomenal she was just zipping over and back she was getting down winning the dirty ball she was excellent she was just driving out like it was just it was unbelievable to see and even everybody that was watching it on the line were like they were nearly in awe on her because like you know she was so like she was so small and slight which was really great to see um so she did a mountain of work there but I have to say the half hours line for me when they came out in the second half they absolutely like they were causing havoc in the first half especially Amy Gaffney she was getting into really good position she was driving ball in they knew straight they knew what they were doing they, it was route one all the time in as far as Jane Dolan Aideen O'Connor had her hands full she did but she played extremely well as well but that half forward line of Aoife Maguire Amy Gaffney and Aoife Minogue they completely dominated in the second half they were absolutely instrumental in everything they do every move that they made um, Aoife Minogue especially was 
on, she was absolutely on fire. Now, Rachel Brennan from Tullerone was on her. Rachel had an excellent game. Such a really, really young girl as well. Um, you know, both players were absolutely exceptional. And, and I don't, I, I really want to say this because Rachel, even though Aoife Minogue was probably the player of the match, Rachel was extremely good as well. It was very hard for her. She's, you know, you could see by her, she's only new and there, maybe lacking that little bit of experience, but she's certainly going to be a player to watch in the future uh, for Kilkenny. Meads, once they got the third goal, they just took off from there and you know those girls they had their homework done everything was so fast it was so precise Kilkenny really just couldn't get to grips with them in the second half Yeah and I suppose the fact that we had um, a 10 point difference going in on Meath and mm-hmm. uh, 19 points on Wexford I mean the lads would have known that okay if Meath was going to beat us like don't get beaten by more than five or six points because when you put the, the tally into it like if you get bet by five points you put our scoring difference down to zero you put Mead scoring difference up to zero as well so I mean realistically we hadn't we could have got bet by four points mm. or less yeah you know but the fact that it was 11 um, and it was a comprehensive victory for me in fairness like it uh, it put them through to the quarterfinals and it brought to an end a very disappointing year for uh, the intermediate teams we know they've had their ups and downs they've had some players that has uh, moved away we know the players came on in the senior and they couldn't go back then obviously to the intermediate grade as well um, there's a couple of new girls in on the panel you know is, uh, if you look back at the, the year as a whole it's probably going to be one of disappointment for that group of girls yeah, I think like overall, when you look like that, it is certainly going to be disappointing. I suppose for a lot of them, having gotten to an All Ireland final last year, that was their aim. They wanted, you obviously want to get back to an All Ireland final this year. Um, but you know what? I suppose, yeah, they're going to be disappointed. But I do think there is, you know, some positives that can be taken from them. Um, we've seen some really, really good players actually come through the scene this year. I thought Jane Cass was absolutely influential this year. She Unreal. breathed after carrying yeah. on from, you know, the such great year that she had with Dixburg. She's after carrying it on there. I think Aideen O'Connor, to me, I definitely think is one of the fines of the she's season, a bit if like I'm being t- honest. Yeah, she's a bit like Tiffy with the seniors. Yeah. She's the equivalent of the intermediate yeah, level I at the minute. So. Yeah, like, I think so. I really do. And to be fair, like I think Roisin Phelan, she was definitely a massive, massive loss in the last two games. I was just going games to say that to you as well, yeah. And it was just really unfortunate. And she, But she was up and down the line on on Saturday and she was encouraging the girls and she was specifically standing with the backside because you know, that's her most natural position. And she was encouraging them all the way. Um, you know, And I suppose for Aideen to kind of have to slot in to you know, fill such big shoes you know it was going to be a big ask for her but I think she you know she did really really well as well like I'm not saying by any means that the Kilkenny players played bad Meads were just exceptional on the day Um, you know I thought so James well, we knew all good. along yeah, like, for, me, for me to be down at the bottom of the table and having no victories at the time when we mm-hmm. were going back a couple of weeks into it to the fact now that you know they got the, the two victories that they required yep. um, last you know I think it was uh, Wexford and ourselves then that they obviously yep. beat or no it wasn't it was um, Kildare and ourselves mm-hmm. was the two that they beat to get through to the, um, the quarterfinals so it just goes to show how tight that the group actually was as well you know know that there was three teams level on six points each Meath, Kilkenny and Wexford and just by the fact that uh, Wexford were still on minus 19 we had a minus six and Meath had a plus six so like that's a 12 point swing 
around yeah. there of a difference like so it was unfortunate that they didn't qualify for the quarterfinals say la vie that's life you know they just regroup now move on for next year unfortunately yeah. this year is over and done mm-hmm. but there's not much more we can say about it um, you know it will be disappointing for the girls but look they can enjoy now the break I suppose maybe some of them might get called into the seniors as well to you know bolster up the, the numbers and the whole lot for their uh, final campaign mm-hmm. going forward um, but they still have the club championships like to, to look forward to now starting in a, a couple of months yeah and you know what that's what I said to like a couple of them after the match I think like you know obviously you're, you're really disappointed that you're not going to you know continue going on but I suppose you know on the other side of that you can get back to your club straight away I suppose we're kind of what seven eight weeks out from the start of the, the club championship and Give or you take know, it, yeah, yeah and you know like I suppose like to lose maybe in kind of the manner that, that they lost and I suppose probably not overly happy with their performances I think they do need a bit of confidence and I do think it's going to take a couple of weeks for them to get that confidence back and I do think the clubs will need them to get that confidence back so no better jewel than to be able to go back to your clubs and give like 100% for the next you know seven to eight weeks with the club before the club championship starts and I think that's certainly a positive that can be taken out of that that the girls will be able to go back to their clubs they'll be able to get their confidence back up um, and they'll kind of hopefully in time be able to put this as a distance a distant memory behind it you know I, we do have to say that you know it's you know they have worked really hard the management team have worked really hard with them and they were just unfortunate I do think they were in the group of death this year um and it's and that's just the way it goes um but definitely massive positives to taken out of it as I said Jane Cass Adrian O'Connor and of course Emma Minogue was a massive find as well I find uh, this year with the um with the intermediates and you know there's definitely a lot that we can look to in the future too oh there is scope I mean yeah. you have the minors from yeah. last year and you Rachel have the minors Brennan, from this sorry. year Rachel Brennan as yeah, well yeah absolutely um, you know so listen it'll be good um, <laughs> it just means it's back to the drum board for Kilkenny and we're just going to have to try and regroup and, um, and push on for next year now do you think it's probably the end of the line for some of the intermediate girls yeah, I do. Um, and obviously we're not going to name names nope. obviously at this Absolutely stage but not. like it's just no, general and observation. Do you know what? I think it's and I don't think it's going to be I don't think it's going to be forced to them. I think it's themselves knowing that that it's it's their time to go. Um, and I do think because there's such a, a fresh blood of Kilkenny Camogie coming in, especially to the minors scene that we've had the last two years, I would be expecting an awful lot of them to now start partaking at intermediate level. Um, and I think that's going to be really really important. We need to be getting that conveyor belt back up and working and making sure it's well oiled and greased, and you know be, be um, developing these guys into intermediate for next year. There's a lot of oiling and greasing that we need to be done because the under 16s haven't won an all Ireland since 2008. Uh, am I right in saying that coming up on 13 years at this stage Intermediates has now pushed along on you since you were there like it's six years ago and now at this stage like it's starting to uh, to grow a little bit on that but yeah just unfortunate obviously we're not doing the quarterfinals previews because we need something for next week to look forward to um, oh, although the quarterfinals is actually this Saturday so I am going to have to put you uh, on the spot so Derry and Dublin is going to be the first game up uh in Port Leash on uh, Saturday coming. Um, so, yeah, we've seen Derry playing. Obviously, we didn't see too much of Dublin's uh, intermediates, but the results have backed it up that they had their three victories. So, how do you see this one coming along? I think this is going to be a Derry victory. 
straight off the mark there. I think Derry are going to come out with with a good victory in this. Um, I just feel like you know they've been taking along nicely. They've had to get the results where they where they needed to get them. Um, and I think they're certainly after growing in confidence. The one thing about Derry is when they get to knockout stages, they're ne- next to near impossible to break down. And I do think that they will come out victory in this. Bet to push the right button. They're certainly looking to to Martin after the game with ourselves. That uh, they are looking to get back to Crow Park. Yeah. Um, and looking at the teams that's in the uh, in the quarterfinals, like that's a very strong possibility. I suppose the fact that um, Kerry and Meath is the second game that's on as well, and you know it's great for Kerry to be in a quarterfinal of the intermediate championship, but coming up against Meath, we know what it's like. We've been there. I wouldn't like to be going in to play Meath, but as John was saying to us earlier on with Limerick. When you're there in the quarterfinal, anything can happen. So can you see a Kerry victory coming out of this? No. I think this is going to be a Mead victory. I <laughs> know. Thank where, God where, Paul is Paula? not here. Where's poor Paula? Um, do you know what? After seeing Mead at the weekend, I just think they are they are well Isles machine there now at the moment um, I think that they're probably obviously they're devastated over their, their first couple of um, matches in their championship that they weren't able to get wins from and I do think that they've learned an awful lot and I felt like they were so so strong by no means were Kilkenny are Kilkenny a poor team but to rig up a scoreline like that me they're very very strong and they're very very strong where it matters most as I mentioned, Sophia Payne was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I thought that Christina Troy was obviously very good. Um, Aoife Maguire, sorry, Christina Troy, I don't actually think was was actually playing. I think the uh, substitute there, um, God, number 32, she's actually not named on the, she's actually not named on it, but she was playing. Uh, Aoife Maguire, Amy Gaffney. See, Aoife that would Minogue. drive me mad yeah. now. Like, why have a programme yeah. for media people going up when you're going to do that and put in extra players and not know who they are mm. then? Like, it's just, it's like, hey, another now put I thought A and other was gone well away from everything until it appeared at the weekend as well. Yeah, um, yeah I think that half forward line, uh, Aoife McGuire, Amy Gaffney, Aoife Minogue, and of course Jane Dolan in their full forward, and who was absolutely excellent and really influential when she came on as well. It was Aideen Slattery. Uh, the first two balls she got in the second half against Kilkenny straight over the bar, and by God, had she paced a bar and she was just running all over the place. I think that Mead could seriously, um, seriously hurt Kerry this weekend okay so you're going with a Derry and Meath victory in yep. the uh, in the quarterfinals and obviously then Galway and Cork like the seniors is waiting in the wings then as well for the semi-finals. Mm-hmm. looking though to uh, actually we won't we'll go on to that next week because the uh, relegation final is not until the 16th so we might actually do a preview for the two of them obviously we know what the Limerick uh, is playing awfully uh, not Limerick um, Clare and uh, Offaly and the other one so we might do uh, a bit of a preview on them next week as well so yeah which th- that brings us to the end of the adult championships but obviously at the weekend the under 16 the Tesco under 16 championships started as well and there is three groups in this obviously uh, with two four six five teams I think uh, in each group so we're going to go to group one first of all so there was two lots of games on at the weekend Waterford had uh, a decent victory over Dublin down in Welsh Park two seven to eight points uh, no that was the 26th of June actually yeah so it's actually Tipperary in Waterford so Tipperary um, had a good win I forgot this is actually round two of the under 16s that were on because there's only uh, the, the three groups so yeah um, Tipperary coming away with the victory against Waterford and that one by 12 points bit to be expected 
I think so. I think Tipperary have always had like a really good underage structure and, you know, they're, they're well able to develop them underage and they've always been competing very, very well um, at A level in under 16 and at minor level. So I don't think it's overall um, a massive, um, a massive kind of a, a, what's the word? Shock. Shock. Yeah, I don't think it's a massive shock to come out of that group, no. Well, the next game is going to be Tipperary and Dublin. Um, and obviously, I'm assuming it's going to work kind of like the league format that you have your three groups uh, with three teams in each group uh, that the top team in each group will qualify for the semi-finals as such but it's going to be a draw so the three teams go into the hash two teams come out they play in the semi-final and the other team then goes into the quarter-final along with the runners-up in each of the other groups as well mm-hmm. so currently in group one Tipperary is top with a plus 12 score difference Waterford is second with their victory uh, over Dublin uh, and obviously Dublin is bringing up uh, the bottom of the table there but Tipperary and Dublin is to play so obviously the as it stands, depending on how that one goes, it could go down to a three-way tie in that one as well, which would bring in score and difference in it. Group two on you, moving along then next, obviously round one, uh, had a very good win for Wexford over Clare. And Limerick, as I said to John earlier on, had a very good win over Clare themselves then as well. So Clare find themselves bottom of group two with mm-hmm. no victories after two games. Wexford is ahead at the minute on a plus 10 score difference. Limerick in on second and Wexford and Limerick meet in a clash next weekend that will determine who qualifies out of that group on top. Yeah, and a really good result there for Limerick. And you can kind of see like when their seniors are going so well, it kind of spurs on um, a it bit of... It filters all yeah, the way down, it does. doesn't it? It's it kind of, it, you know, it spurs on this, you know, this kind of a habit in the county and, you know, everybody's kind of, you know, full of beans. And I suppose that's, that's a really, really good a result for Limerick and you know I think it was a Paula that was talking about going down to Limerick and playing him in a minor All-Ireland quarterfinal or semi-final yeah. two three years ago and she said it, oh God it was tough like and you could see that Limerick are doing an awful lot of work and Paula has often alluded to that as well like when she when she is talking about Limerick Yeah no they're, they're certainly doing great work down there Um, the group of debt I suppose had ourselves Cork and Galway I mean if you never wanted to be in that kind of a group, it happened. Uh, Galway beat Cork the first day, which was on the 26th of June, by 6-3 to 1-7. And unfortunately, Cork had a backlash from that and decided they'd give it to our under-16s at the weekend out in John Locke Park in Callan. A 3-15 to 2-6 victory for Cork, which leaves Kilkenny bottom of the table at the minute and having to go to Galway next weekend to try and get some sort of a result against them to qualify uh, out of that group or it's day day to the under 16s uh, after two games already yeah it's disappointing I suppose like everybody had kind of said it from the from day one that this was the group of death and I suppose when you're kind of looking at it you know when you have Cork Galway and Kilkenny in the same group it's always going to be very very tough but again like you're looking at Galway you know they're just going from strength to strength at all ages and you know after raking up a great score there 6-3 to 1-7 against Cork the first day out and you know I suppose kind of looking on that you would have to be very fearful for Kilkenny to go up to Galway now next weekend and you know they really really need a massive massive result if they're to keep their hopes alive of you know competing in an All-Ireland quarter-final or an All-Ireland semi-final or whatever the case may be but you know I suppose at the moment you'd really have to fancy kind of Galway for that probably have to fancy Galway for the championship itself It's um, a long time I can tell you since Can Kenny failed to qualify for a knockout stage even at under 16 level Mm, I know and be very disappointing for them you know and I suppose 
after the year we're kind of after having at underage you know it's it's kind of a little bit disappointing I suppose in the intermediates as well like it, it is a little bit disappointing that we're, we're not able to kind of you know uh, big ourselves up and follow on from like you know previous years and you know, I don't know, it's 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 hard. It's hard to kind of look at it, I suppose, when, you know, it's your own county, you don't want to see it happening. But, you know, who knows? Kilkenny hopefully might have learned an awful lot. I know it's a relatively new management team in there. It's probably, you know, they're unaware of maybe the goings on and, you know, what happens. But, you know, they'll just have to go out and they'll really have to throw everything at it this weekend up in Galway. They certainly will. And it's not an easy place to go, as we well know, many, many a time. Yeah. You've been there as a manager, you've been there as a player. Um, it's definitely not easy to go through. Um, bit of news, I suppose, uh, too, over the weekend. I was talking to Lizzie Flynn in Galway. And Lizzie is the referee, uh, coordinator and development officer with the Camogie Association. Um, and delighted that we can confirm that the Female Referees Academy was oversubscribed by the amount of people so they have more than the 54 females that they were looking for to put into the academy so that is fantastic and great news all around uh, for everyone involved there Um, so lots of planning to be done Um, and I know that the government did publish uh, a huge document that we've got our hands on as well which is the uh, if I get the name of it now properly the Joint Committee on Tourism Culture Arts Sport and Media the Elimination of Abuse Directed Towards Referees officials and players in sport and I suppose this is more kind of done towards the online uh, end of things um, and the abuse that players get online and we can even see that Shane Dowling himself was saying even during his playing career that he never endured so much abuse as he'd done a couple of weeks ago on the Sunday game when he was doing punditry on a, a Limerick game as well so you know it would be great I don't see how it might work. I have to go through the finer details um, and see what the possibility is. I mean, the no, we, there is rules there within all of the organisations to deal with that kind of stuff already. But let's be fair on yeah, there is uh, a systematic problem that is there at the minute with uh, abuse and especially online. Um, and if it ever came to the fore, it came to uh, after the Galway and Armagh football mm-hmm. game um, where young Tiernan Kelly was nearly trial by media and there was nearly execution squads put out like for the poor young fella yes he made a mistake yep. he has to suffer the consequences over that but do you think that uh, the abuse that players officials and especially people are getting online um, has become a bigger problem and maybe that's why the government is trying to tackle this issue now more so than on the field yeah I do think I, I certainly do think it has I think people are like you know they're more aware that they can hide behind a keyboard and hide behind a computer screen and you know kind of forgetting that you know the people that they're aiming their abuse at and their scrutiny at are actually human beings at the end of the day I know a lot of the like I know a lot of the abuse that's been kind of hurled at them is you know probably from you know diehard GA supporters soccer players um, What are they? But, well no I would say that they're like I, I would say that they're diehard but diehard probably not in the mat- and not in a respectful way if that makes sense. I feel like they think that they could, they should be in there, they should be the, the, the next manager of the team and things like that. And I know Lil is there shaking her head at me and I suppose maybe this is coming across wrong. I do think that it is becoming way too easy for people to, um, you know, log onto their phone and, you know, go through um, a link or maybe an article, a heading of an article and it could say... Um, 
Martin Quilty um, painted the wall blue and somebody could turn around and say no he didn't he did this he did that or what's he thinking it's way too easy for people to be able to actually God, there's, lots of, there's lots of comments on the line if you put me into the, the no, search but do engines you know what on it, it I'm do, telling you. I do think it, it, I do think it certainly has become Because the producer's going to join easier. us. Hang on now, we, 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 we push this button here now. Go on, Lily, I want something to say for once. You're usually behind the screens. Well, I'm not disagreeing with Anya that a lot of them are diehard, but I do think there's a lot of people that just, they're keyboard warriors. Yeah. And they have an opinion about everything, regardless mm-hmm. of whether they actually have a knowledge about what they have mm-hmm. the opinion on. It's lack of knowledge. I don't know. Is it lack of knowledge or it's just, as you said, it's a coward's way of portraying. Like mm-hmm. with a safeguarding hat on, I think we haven't given our young people particularly good tools as parents with regard to what they should and shouldn't post. But it's not all media. young people now, let's no, be fair. No, it's not all young people, but... Bear in mind that some of the people that are at it now were once young people and some of them aren't that old. I've taken lately to going in and just clicking on their profile yeah, to see what they are or what their affiliation, especially the really, um, the really vicious ones. And a lot of them haven't an affiliation to anything. They wouldn't be particularly sports people. And I no, because some of them, in fairness, they're only coming up that they joined back in April 2022 or someone joined in February 2022 or whatever. So they're only recent. So, recent, yeah, yeah, the fact that somebody is commenting on another person, you know, whether it be soccer, whether it be GAA or camogie players or whatever. And let's be honest, the Gaelic players themselves, the Gaelic Games family, and I will use the word family mm-hmm. because they're all amateurs. There's none of them professional. Yes, it shouldn't be done in a professional level either. But at least if you have a soccer player, you can go to the club or whatever and they have people that will deal with that kind of stuff. They have media people or whatever. But I mean, you get abuse, I get abuse. You look at the phone. I mean, what do you do? You report it on the social media sites and it tells you it doesn't interfere with their guideline or community community guidelines or whatever. Like, So, I mean... Where's the deterrent to report these things in the first place? There's not like, and I think this is a huge problem, but this is, it's not just, it's not just at sports people. I think this in in general, like social media has been nearly, social media has nearly become like a haven for people to say what they want, when they want, who they want and how they want again, towards other people. And, you know, it's this cyber bullying. And I suppose, you know, people, I'm not going to say people don't take it serious because people do take it serious, but they're, they're not taking it serious enough where, like what are they going to do oh close down your Facebook account oh my god yeah because that's really going to stop it all like you know they're just going to sign up under a different name or something like that there's not enough but do you think then and I know I'm going off way off track on this now and throwing real curveballs at you but do you think the fact that if you sign up to something that you should have some sort of a government document to say who you are so before you sign up for a Twitter account, an Instagram account, there has to be an upload of a government document, whether it be a passport or something to say that you are that person. And if you don't have something to be able to sign up to it, you can't sign up to all these fake accounts. Because like, okay, I say something against you in the morning, Mm -hmm. okay, and I get banned on my Twitter account. There's nothing stopping me going in and setting up a new Twitter account and going following you a couple of hours later and giving you worse abuse than what I might have been giving you already. There's no deterrent there. Sure, didn't we see it recently with the the catfish for the two Johnnies? Like, you know, something that that was something very similar to it. Like, listen, I suppose... 
you know, it's great in a way that, you know, the sports governed bodies in Ireland are trying to combat the issue. Um, but, you know, I don't know, like, I don't know what I'd be too... I don't know if I'd be jumping to sign up for social media if I had to give like all my details. And that's not because, that's not because I don't want people knowing anything about me. It's just that it's kind of like, it's like nearly, it's a, kind of like a breach of GDPR as well in, in Jeez, some sort of way. There needs to be something There has to be done. There does yeah. have to be something done about it, but it's a very, I find it, it's a very hard one to kind of escape. I think yeah, there Okay, but if you, be... if you, okay, I, I put it a different way to you. If you sign up for a Revolut account or yeah. a Stripe account or whatever, you have to have legal documents to say you are mm-hmm. the person to have that account or if not, you can't open one. So where's the difference in somebody having to upload a photograph or something of yourself? I'm not saying to give away all of your personal details. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there has to be... No, a, but there has to be some traceability on it. Correct. And there's no traceability at the no. minute. And there's no accountability then either as a result. Yeah. But like there's nothing in the law to state. Now, I do know that there did a social media person. But did there, wasn't there a case? Didn't a social media influencer win a case? Uh, back the beginning of the year, uh, she was vilified and she took she took a court case. She took a personal court case and she won and they were supposed to change the laws. But I mean, we have people who our youngsters follow on social yeah. media who are forever instigating mm. various different things like these that, people that's, have to that's, take e- that's even going beyond their pay yeah. grade now I know at the minute. And that, I, yeah. that's, just, I think it's that's one of those things. Yeah, I think that's people that are in, you know, a very high position kind of nearly taking advantage of youth and taking advantage of vulnerable people. And I suppose, you know, that's kind of like a different like it's it's the same but it's, it's the same but it's, different. It's the same but different. But to go back to like the, the social media, I suppose like, you know, this You'd have to look at, we'll just take the example in the Galway in the Armagh game, um, Tiernan Kelly. Yeah, And I'm listen, only using poor, and you're doing the same because yeah. obviously it's recent. It's the, it's Nothing against poor Tiernan no, or in that way. Like, you know. it's, the, it's, it's freshest in your head, like I suppose. So this is the example that we're going to use. Okay, yes, what happened was bad and we all commented on it and we all said, like, you know, we spoke about it, not commented on it on social media. We yeah, spoke no. about it and we said, yeah, do you know what? It was disgraceful. But then Shouldn't what ensued after yeah. that was absolutely chaotic. And Sinead spoke about it last weekend. Like people were nearly going around looking for him to like to, to get him sacked from they his were. job. And this, I, and I read what? most sorry, of the stuff. I they just were. don't think, I just, I think, sorry, it was, it was a moment he's after getting punished for whatever he's after getting punished he's for. He's put but his hand up he and is, said he He's was a young wrong. chap. Yes. Like that could lead to different things down the line for him where yeah. he's just not going to be able to concentrate focus and mentally not be able to, to physically actually you know take this on he's but done bring, enough he's taken enough punishment for it correct but this brings into your word mental then as well this brings into a person's and I would use a person because it's whether it be male or female mm-hmm. a person's mental health issues over this because if you're getting constant abuse online yeah. lads looking for you to know where you're working so that they can go and try and get you sacked out of a job that have absolutely nothing got to do with yeah. what happened on a GAA field a line has to be drawn somewhere and something has to be done either within law of the land to curb this and I can't answer I don't know what the answer is going to be to it but I mean we have to start looking after people's mental health we have to start looking after players officials etc and if something can be done with this um, and as I said it's only fresh off the the printers like only within the last week so it's it's certainly open for a lot of debate you'd have to commend the associations for getting together and 
put, bringing out a paper. Yeah, actually but seeing that there's an issue. Actually seeing that there is an issue. But I don't think they can solve it on their own. No. I think... And this is they, not just the Gaelic Games families no, because hockey, volleyball, yeah. you name it, every organisation that's involved in sport in Ireland has been part of this. But I think unless that there's a legal, a legality, like we all know we have to be vetted and we have to be safeguarded to be involved. There needs to be a legal requirement or a legal punishment as well mm-hmm. that can be meted out if it's if people break the rules. I don't think we'll solve it with just sitting around the table chatting. No, we probably won't. And we've deviated away from the camogie a small little bit on that. But that's what happens when you get into a debate and something that we should all be. Uh, do you know what? I do think I do think it's it's something that needs has to be to talked be, about. Yeah, it needs to be more vocalised as well. Like, and I think people need to talk about it because I think too many people, as I mentioned earlier on, they're able to just hide behind a computer or an, and a keyboard. And as we said, keyboard warriors, that's all they are. But like, you know. OK, I'm going to ask you one last question, because obviously you're involved in a club and the whole. Yeah. Do you think as maybe a coach or a parent that there should be some sort of social media training for younger players in a club that's taking part in competitions, whether it be from 13 year olds up, I don't know what the legal requirement is to join up to Instagram or whatever, because they're all different age groups. Mm-hmm. But should there be something to tell kids, look, this is what's acceptable. This is not what's acceptable. Would you like this to be done to you? If not, why would you do it to somebody else? Would it help? I think it would help if it was brought in at primary school level, to be honest with you, because the majority of the kids that are on social media now are at that age. They're probably what, I don't know, myself, 12, 13. They could be in fifth or sixth class. You know, like they are. Like, I think it'd be no harm having maybe something like that brought in at primary school level. Um, You know, the earlier it's brought in, the more it can be kind of driven home to them that, you know, this is not acceptable. You cannot be part of cyberbullying. You cannot be part of, you know, name calling. You know, it's just not acceptable. I think, you know, when it gets to the stage when you're, you know, 13, 14, 15, is it maybe gone a little bit too late? I think so. I think think it has to be brought in earlier have a social media policy within their clubs it's kind of like having an anti-bullying policy like the amount of bullying that I see coming across my table through social media is Mm -hmm. phenomenal it's scary because you know why Lillian it's easier than doing it face to face because you can hide behind it you can hide behind it But, but it has such an effect on kids persona and their mental health and their whole how they see themselves and I think parents need to stand up though as well. Like it shouldn't be just down to the clubs. The parents need to be saying, well, look at, think before you post a picture. Mm. Would you, like you said, would you like it if somebody posted a picture of you like that mm-hmm. on social media? Yeah. It's just, like I said, I think sometimes we, we didn't give them the correct tools, giving them yeah. the mobile phone. Like a, a mobile phone, as far as I'm concerned, is a lethal weapon. They have to have, you have to have guidelines and, and parameters yeah. but I do think in relation to that I know Martin is trying to hurry us up or what he's trying yeah, to do the, the, the producer <laughs> left him to I, think, I think I think a lot of that though has got to do with like the mobile phone the mobile phone era evolved so fast yes. that it caught up on too many yeah. people so fast that nobody actually had a chance to actually kind of like look at this thing and go oh god what can this do oh my god they can go onto yeah. the internet oh my god they can use Facebook oh my god they can do this that and the other it caught up on everyone too fast because technology just literally it was like it wasn't there yesterday and it's here today and I think it just completely swept the and nation and to be fair well, no what how ha- much of a policy sorry Mark no on. matter how quick 
the policies are made, yeah. they're get they're outdated nearly as soon as yeah. they're printed. So we just need to sit down and cop on in common sense about mm. them. But something has caught up on us, ladies, is the time. And it's certainly uh, a one that's open for uh, further debate. I can tell you one thing. Um, God, I, 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 I know now how Sue Nunn feels when she gets in a debate with all the politicians <laughs> and the whole lot around the table. At this stage, Sue, I don't envy you one bit. Well done on what you do. Anyway, that is it from the studios here in KCLR this evening. Uh, hopefully you enjoy the podcast. Something a bit different there towards the end and you never know uh, the way things are going here. We might even delve into a small little bit more of debate on our podcast as well. But my thanks to all our contributors, to John Lillis earlier on, to our producer who has finally come out from behind the microphone she and speaks. got her speaking uh, usually it's in my ear to my left hand side here so that's a bit of a change to Anya as always pleasure uh, and no doubt we'll be getting ready for the uh, the quarterfinals we will be back next week to preview them all and see how the intermediates is going but until we talk to you again next week it's oh one last thing we have to say it I nearly forgot it and if we don't mention John Crowley's oh, spuds yeah. <laughs> we're God, all in trouble hang on now one, one second now till I put you on now go on I died and went to heaven John thank you so much they were absolutely spectacular now there's the shameful plug put in anyway because he is one of our uh, last year's come on kind sponsors for our team of the year so John Crowley you have made two women happy here I can tell you in the studio that's not easily done but well done to you on that one right Anya Lillian and to everyone thank you as always don't forget to check out the podcast wherever you get them they are available on the KCLR app and through scoreline.ie and until next week Anya it's goodbye from us thanks very much bye this is come on kind with martin quilty and onya family yeah.